Today, we discover the true secrets of the 8,000-mile expedition of Lewis and Clark that changed the United States forever. This is Casual History. Jeffrey, welcome back to another episode of Casual History. How you doing, man? Another one in the books. That's um, right. We're on season two now, you know? I know. Dude, I've been it's, marking it's going. the episodes when we, we've been posting these last four or five as season two. Yeah. So technically, we got renewed for another season. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, By, of course we did. You know, we're the producers, though. So we are the producers. We we're get biased. to make that decision. Yeah, it's true. We did the gladiator, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. That's right. But technically, the audience, I mean, if we had no one listening, we probably (laughs) wouldn't renew. You don't think so? Well, I mean, I think we definitely would be doing it for fun, but we might not have thought about, I don't know, marking it as season down. That's true. I just don't know. know. Maybe we wouldn't, you know? Maybe we just continue to do it for fun, you know? Yeah. Very possible. Dude, also, okay, we had a fun weekend. We went out and hung downtown. Uh, How's your head, by the way? You feel okay today? <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Um, I'm no lightweight, Jake. Uh-huh. Um, that sure. rhymed. Yep. Um, <laughs> it was more the consistent. That it was a few days in a row that got me. Yeah. Yeah. So did you wake up feeling a little weird this morning? I didn't wake up feeling bad. You know, I get the trick. You got to drink a full glass of water before bed and yeah, man. do a little something. So I, I, I feel fine. It's just... I, I definitely feel tired, but you know, hey, yeah. that's part of it. So uh, I actually had for the first time liquid IV because I knew what kind of night we were gonna have. Yeah. So I immediately like was drinking that right before we left, and I think it's a game changer. Like I, I woke up feeling perfectly you were, fine. You were the most gone. I think I've seen you in a public space. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That was the most. <laughs> you, you, Jacob, in that state has fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's good. You're not used to seeing that too much. Uh, <laughs> just not in a public space like yeah. that. Like we were out and around other people. Like, um, yeah, yeah. So also, you, you hit me. You hit me with a really good, really good like rain twister today. Oh <laughs> right yeah. Right before we press record, I can on say this. it to the audience for those who care. I mean, yeah. So I saw a funny, funny tweet um, that said the in the Batman the movie. It suggested that Bruce Wayne's parents died in 2001, in October, I think. Like, he gave a month or, right. or something. And they were coming um, out of a movie theater, right? Coming out of a movie theater. And they said, and based on that information, <laughs> it's highly possible that they were walking out of the movie Zoolander. Right. And I was saying, at least they got to see Comedy Gold before they before they went, you know? Yeah. like They I, were in I a good mood. Thought that you, you did a whole double take when I told you, too. I did. I was, <laughs> I was not prepared for that. You came out of nowhere with it, too. Uh, which made it even I better. like throwing facts down, you know? I feel you, man. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of facts. Yeah, speaking of facts <laughs> Look at that and segue. cool things that happened um, is about Lewis and Clark. So we're going to be talking about the actual journey. This is fan requested. Uh, we actually had someone hey. message in on Facebook requesting this a while back, I think, a couple months. And then I just decided this would be a good time to jump right in and like, do we know the, the name it. of the person? If if not, it's okay. But uh, do we? Know uh, the I don't name have of the it request? on me. I can look it up. Okay, I'll have to look it up in a minute. Maybe maybe you know what we should do. What? I'm gonna pu- I'll put it in the description of this yes. podcast episode. I'll put you thanks definitely to um, whoever requested. I'll put the name there. So if you're I listening and you're the one who requested this, 
Um, that's right. You're famous now. Cameo. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you're famous. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, so but we're yeah. going to go through the story of Lewis and Clark, eh? That's right. About the expedition uh, to the West. Jeffrey, do you know much about this at all? I know they were helped out at one point. Right. Well, this is this is like if you um, know what I mean, right? What? We, I didn't. I was, gonna, wait, I was trying to set you up. Lewis and <laughs> what Clark. Kind of, what kind of innuendo are you trying <laughs> no, to set no, me up for? No, I wasn't doing that innuendo. <laughs> yeah, you, try, you got. I some was help, trying to you know? set you up to say who I'm talking about. Lewis and Clark were, if I'm not mistaken, were helped. Uh, you know, guided. Jacob. They they were. Yes, uh, by. They were. <laughs> do, do you know? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, I thought you were going to say it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. I was trying to set you up, my friend. That's really was, funny. Yeah. Through a yeah, softball talk about and you fumbled it. Oh, man. No, we're going to talk about Sacagawea. It's just yeah. I wasn't ready. We're going to talk about how this whole thing started and why there was an expedition in the first place. Right. That's so all you, good. But you yeah. asked me what I knew, and that is what I know. It sounded like they got a lot of help along the way, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, well, um, that's kind of... So did they really not have any skills? <laughs> they actually they actually did have skills and they were very well prepared which is right. something i was shocked to hear but um yeah so this all started with the louisiana purchase which you've all heard in school and middle school wait no wait yes yes no? i have never mind sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> it took me a minute i'm like louisiana purchase louisiana purchase scrolled uh, through my mind okay yeah anyways for those for those who are blanking like jeffrey basically thomas jefferson um bought um a large chunk of the western portion of the U.S. from France, who had owned it before bought, beforehand. In quotes, yeah, sorry, bought. Yes, um, they bought it for fifteen million, which I was looking up, and I think they were saying it was like it's worth in today's money, it's like three hundred and like fifty something million dollars. Um, did did he give him like a big che- check? Like, did we have that kind <laughs> of that? I don't know. Which cash is a great flow? Question. My God, yeah, it was a large check, like what you get when you win, like. You know, the free throw contest, the half-court shot. You know what I'm thinking about now? Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking about now is how you did money transfers at that time. Was it like a a, a note, you know, uh, or like an IOU, you know? like it what? Just, you- it's just your word against everyone's. You have Honestly, 15 million of our money you know now. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, like how, do you, how do you regulate that? Where's the oh, regulation? Man. Inflation. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, that was not in physical cash, right? You would, th- I mean, dude, you spend a fifteen mil on a piece yeah, of land man. to France. If I was France, I'd want that cash up front, you know. Yeah, that's right, in briefcases and hundreds. I actually really want to know the answer to that now, but yeah. that'll be a side quest for me, dude. You should you should Google that right now while I'm talking about it because that's that's freaking funny, and I've never how, thought of that. How in my did life. they? Yeah, okay, go for it. Sorry, I have so, no idea. Louisiana purchase. He bought. We bought it from France. Then yes, the we did. Yeah, the French Napoleon had a large, large chunk in the middle of the U.S. I guess they thought they were going to use this land eventually, and then when it came down to it, they were in separate wars other other places, and they just decided to kind of cut their losses. They didn't know much about the land and the large area that they had. It was pretty much untapped. And yeah. plus, with all the natives that were on this land as well, it was semi-hostile. So it just, you know, it, they seemed better just to cut and run with the whole situation, and they were like, yeah, you can have it. But $15 million is a steal. For that yeah. amount of land, is it like what um, sixty-one cents per acre? Is what I just what I'm trying to do this wild in, in today's um, money. Yeah, it's it's nuts. 
but it's a huge steal for fifteen million. Oh, and it, you know what else it says? It says that uh, within that that um, money that we paid for, yeah, it for, forgave three point seven million in French debt we accrued at that time. Ah, so like they wow. forgave that three point seven million, and then we got we had to pay about eleven point two. So not the. I mean, it's pretty good business deal by Mister. Mr. Washington, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, actually. Jefferson, yes. sorry. Jefferson. Wait, I thought you. Should, I thought it was Washington. No, it's Thomas Jefferson. Okay. Well, I'm I'm all screwed up. That's right. You you are lost, my man. I it's, lost it's okay. My I'm here to help you out. <laughs> Wait, is this a history podcast? <laughs> is this a history podcast? <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is who, this is who it's god. for. You know, like listen, I, listen. It's nine o'clock. I've had a rough few days. I'm trying dude, to get same. my brain together here. <laughs> Um, you guys know the kind of night we had yesterday, so you, you know, know how this day is gone. Technically, we could do an episode. I mean, would it be family friendly? Maybe we should make it a of like drunk, pretty a drunk casual. Dude, I want it so bad. <laughs> we should, we should if you take, guys will listen to that, <laughs> I mean, my God, it would be uh, a train wreck, but it would be an entertaining train wreck. We would have games set up for every you know period of time as we're recording. Yeah, we would take it's a straight a, up drinking drink game, a shot. Yeah, uh, but we could we could decide that after if that's Dude. a non family friendly version of what we're I doing want here. it, man. I want um, it. Let's do it. Some we should please send us something if you're listening. If that feels too off base, um, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a separate jaunt. I don't know, man. Because they man. already have that. You know, there's a a drunk history. I think um, on there is. It's a podcast or it was a TV show at one point. So yeah, it was we like a be comedy inventing Central anything. Something. But it would still be fun to kind of yeah, man. see how that works for our brand. I would love it. Oh, okay. Honestly, it'd be so much fun. And we would, like, you'd learn so much shit on that podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're, so we're, anyways. We're, we're, we work, we do our best here, okay? Yeah, we do. We're we professional podcasts okay? here. That's right. Don't we sound professional? Yeah. Um, we haven't even got past the first season. We haven't. We haven't. There's so much. There's okay, so much here. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Anyways, as soon as Thomas Jefferson won appeal from Congress, um, he decided to put a team together, the A-team, if you will, um, Mm. of about like a band of 50 people, I think, in total. Um, But they were going to find the biggest mission of this entire trip was to try to find a passable water route west to the Pacific Ocean. Mm. So as of now, um, there is no way to get around um, the whole continent to get to California, that the West Coast area of the United States, without yeah. going all the way around the whole continent and all the way back up or over the top, which I don't huh. think. No, you couldn't go over the top. I think it had to go all the way underneath. Yeah. Um. So pretty wild and way out of the way. So that mm. was one of their biggest things that Thomas Jefferson wanted. That was his big to do list. He had several, but that was the biggest one. Um. And also something interesting that I learned was the there were a lot of people in Congress that did not want. Jefferson to buy this land and didn't think it was a good idea. Um, okay. So a lot of people opposed this. In fact, the the vote to actually um, make this happen, this deal happen, yeah. only passed by two votes. Wow. So that is the whole reason why, like, and it literally doubled the U.S. overnight. You know what right, I just found purchase. out, too, as, it, yeah. as I was doing the Googling about our question. So it says that Louisiana Purchase was settled with three million, uh, three million in payment in gold as a down okay. payment. Wow. And then the US issued bonds for the rest. Ah. The I US see. canceled Oh no, sorry, we canceled. So the US canceled three point seven five million in debt owed by France and mm. then paid Napoleon the balance for fifty million francs or eleven point nice. two five million in gold. 
Wow. Just solid gold, man. Yeah, so the price of gold in dollars in 1803 was $19.39 per ounce. Wow. So about 58,000 ounces. Jesus Holy Christ. mother of pearl. Can you imagine stumbling across that caravan? <laughs> yeah, that would be like worth $765 million dollars today. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. That's okay, wild. sorry. This is really and maybe this is no, just this my is brain, good. but this is what I'm in. I'm, my mind meant to. How did they pay for this? And so it continues on, and it says the two enti- entities shipped the gold as a lump sum from their own vaults in Europe to Napoleon, and the U.S. paid them back over time after the down payment as the bonds went to them. Um, it is likely that the gold for the down payment itself was already in Europe, as the U.S. had a sovereign account with banks in the Netherlands since the revolution negotiated by John Adams. Shipping wow. that much gold across the Atlantic would have been dangerous for many reasons. So, yeah, no joke. Pirates, like, dude, get lost Dude, could you imagine? <laughs> wow. I'm just if imagining only. the U.S. deciding to, like, smelt that gold into a solid figure of Thomas Jefferson and then handing it to Napoleon. <laughs> that would be incredible, actually. That's, be a baller yeah. move. That would have been a baller move. That would have been a power move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, immediately after the purchase, uh, to move on, Jefferson tapped his personal secretary, Meriwether Lewis. Man, what a name, Meriwether. Um, to lead the core of discover- discovery, which is what they'd become to know, uh, to be named, actually. Um, and once Lewis grasped the full scope of the lame. challenges of the expedition... <laughs> Yeah, the, the core Sorry, of discovery. that was discovery. a delayed reaction to that. There's a really delayed reaction, but my brain had to process that. Like, what would really? you have called them? I don't know. Just not that, but, you know. If you, if you guys have a better suggestion for cooler names that you would have brought, you would have brought up, you we probably need to start posting one. these on YouTube so that way we can have a comment section. Dude, I would love that. So Why we can don't we, do, we just everybody. need to start doing that. We need to start posting these on YouTube. as a, Dude, if we just live stream this yeah, and like straight up just had live comments that we could... You know we to. can actually. I mean, I know, I know we're talking about the podcast live on the podcast, but we actually could. We could just set up our logo and have the audio running at the same time and recording it. Um, That'd be sick. We could totally do that. Yeah. Well, if you guys want that, uh, let us know. Um, reach out to us on our Twitter, Facebook. Here's another promotion. How fun would it be if we had like three list live audience members where we could like Dude. talk to? <laughs> yes. As we're recording. You guys um, want to be a part of the podcast? Is how you do it. That'd actually be that'd be kind of different too, right? I don't think most people don't really have a live podcast, do they? Uh, I mean, I mean, I know some people do it for sure, but like, like live, I'm, I'm not really I, sure. That reminds me of like a Twitch thing, I guess. But maybe yeah, that's you're the right. Um, anyway, right. back to Lewis and Clark. Sorry, side yes, and we haven't gotten the, we haven't even gotten into the actual start of this journey, which is okay. This is okay. We're taking our time. Listen, okay. We need, you need to know the full scope. This whole thing. Um, so, yeah, so Jefferson tapped his personal secretary, uh, Corps of Discovery, uh, Corpse of Discovery is the name. Um, yeah, and then after that, uh, Lewis wanted to, like, basically tap his friend who he used to work with in the Army, William Clark. And William Clark, actually, I found out, was retired at this time. So he literally came out of retirement for this adventure and was sold this adventure <laughs> uh, to travel all the way to the to do West. something for fun, okay. That's right. That's right. Um, so as Lewis and Clark prepared for their expedition into the Western territories, the United States government gave them numerous goals to accomplish. Uh, the first was ov- obviously the Northwest Passage, which we just talked about. Yeah. So finding an, a direct link from the West to the East. And they thought that if they followed the Mississippi River, 
that it might eventually like tangent off into the other ocean. So they had a full like way to get across one to another. Yeah. Um, and then they had a couple other ones. What was it? Oh yes. To document obviously um, all the new plants, animals in the West and also map as much of the territory as possible. They wanted to know what their land looked like. Right. Um, but an often it's such a wild concept to me sometimes. Like you, hand- you forget you forget how we know so much about like our environment. Yes. Just as in st- strictly speaking, like land, like the fact that there was unknown land, or right. even like the new world, like that idea is such a if if for the time like if you knew nothing and you just knew wow they found a whole new piece of land. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't new to the natives and the locals, right? But for for people in the world, they had no clue that there was even this large continent, you know, that existed. Yeah. It was just wild to kind of. It's pretty think wild to think way. at this point when we think discovered connects to the Lewis and Clark idea, you know. Yeah, and actually, Lewis was a really good like artist, and all his sketches are like dead on. Like I saw photos and stuff like that of it. He's he was a great artist, so he could literally draw like from memory. Um, the exact like certain fish species that he was finding, animals, all that sorts of thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the often ignored goals of the Lewis Clark expedition was to gain the loyalty of Native American tribes in the West. So huh. as the Corps of Discovery encountered new tribes on its push to the Pacific, they informed Native people that they were living on land that was now a part of the United States. So talk about an awkward conversation to have with people that are like, we live here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, so they had to have that. And basically they even, they created like medals that look like Olympic medals that had, they were built and made specifically for this expedition to give out to the tribal chiefs. Right. Uh, that were like doing a marketing campaign. Exactly. On one side they had uh, Jefferson's face on it and the other side it was like a handshake between native americans and it said peace alliance underneath it yeah and they would hand them out as tokens wow. um, to war chiefs when they tell them this but like again they were developing strategies on how to do this i guess uh, yeah. along the way because they knew that you know they were going to come up against hostilities and people that did yeah, not sorry. give a Continue. shit yes yep. um <laughs> but yeah so that was a large part of it was obviously trying to make some sort of relations with all the Native Americans that they were. My, my comment was not. I was. I was calling the the Lewis and Clark people bastards. By the way, I just wanted to clarify yes. that because yes. in an off comment, that might be. I, I was calling that <laughs> those people the bastards. Yes, because they knew what it. they were doing. It was a marketing campaign just to be like, "Hey, we're now the owners of your land." Um, yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> sorry. Right. You're gonna make me dislike Lewis and Clark. Is that what you're about to do right now? No, no, okay. man. Of course not. <laughs> okay. okay. I hope not. I'm like, where <laughs> why are we would going I do with that? This? <laughs> why would I ruin people famous in your mind for history? You know, I don't know. We do We've done it you? before, so we definitely have. Um, but yeah, so they also brought like gifts with like beads and tobacco and a whole bunch of other gifts that they would try to um, trade with the Native Americans. So they brought that. They also brought mirrors. Can you imagine never seeing a mirror and seeing that magic in front of your face? I guess you had the water, Jacob. You know, if you have clear water, you can see yourself. I mean, that's true. That's true. You but like to see a physical mirror for for someone who's never seen a mirror before, I bet you that'd be Yeah, no, yourself. I'm just kind of joking. Yeah, that would be wild. Uh, but yeah, so, and they encouraged the native people to obey their new father or great father in quotations, uh, okay. um, in the East, a patronizing reference to the president. 
Yep. Um, but the Corps of Discovery also demonstrated the steep price of disobeying the United States. In front of each tribe, they would fire off their guns to display military power. So that's how they would start, is firing their guns as soon as they meet them. What a sack of... Nah. <laughs> this is this is just yeah, this, okay, I'm yeah. just informing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Keep keep um, rolling. I'm just I'm about um, to make you even more angry right now cuz I, okay. I see what I'm about to say next. Okay. So, um obviously there was like a group of like 50 people. Some of them were specialized in like carrying them for the first leg of the journey with like canoes and boats and stuff like that. Um as well as people that were carrying provisions as well as their core team which was Lewis and Clark and a bunch of others, apparently. Um, but they also brought along one um, slave. And his name is, uh, I guess, very it's very um, not known. But there was one slave called York. Um, it they was called, Expeditions. They just dubbed him York? Well, yes, his fact? name was York. Okay. No. Um, the Expedition's sole African-American participant and personal slave to William Clark. Um, as okay. a slave... All right, cool. <laughs> York Sick. was forced to join bitch. the Corps of Discovery against his will. Um, yeah. Some of the expedition's men treated York with hostility, according to the Smithsonian Magazine. Um, one threw sand in his face, causing York to almost lose an eye. But as he traveled with the Corps, uh, York was most likely motivated by the hope that finishing the expedition could earn him his freedom, as slaves who went above and beyond for their masters were sometimes freed. Um Wow. And I'll even tell you right now, uh, but when the mission was concluded, William Clark refused to free York. In fact, York's request to be freed enraged Clark, who threatened to sell him to a more severe master in the South. So, wow. Wow. Um, so this man is just a straight up dick. <laughs> yeah. And it's very weird because dude, I, dude, I also... I didn't know this at all. Yeah. And I, actually, um, one of the things too that was really cool to note was most of the native americans he was a huge hit because he was a really big guy and obviously stood out from the rest of them um but it was one of those things where i guess he was a huge hit with all the tribes yeah that he came across with so he became a core member along the way um and i've heard conflicting stories you know i've i've seen full videos that i was doing research this on um research on this on and basically Research on this yes. on. I see. I think I see where you're trying to you, go. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I watched several videos, and the tone was different with them um, when they talked about York. One was more about like the realities of this, um, about you know them treating him badly, and then the other ones were very much like he was an integral part of the crew, and everybody loved him. Both can be true, probably, great. but when yeah. it comes to the the overall arching idea, it's the same. He's a he was considered. A slave to their right. group, which is, you know, fucked yeah. up. So it is fucked up. Um, Clark did ultimately free York sometime before the eighteen thirties. Sorry, but we have to mark this as explicit. I'm just going to make a note of that mental note. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he, he continued to claim that York preferred life as a slave. So mm. that was uh, yeah. So if that doesn't make you kind of <sighs> terrible person, so Clark. That was Clark, yeah. you said? William Clark? Yeah. Is he on your list? Yeah, he's on my hit list now. Um, <laughs> he's on my hit list now. <laughs> but okay, he's like just marked off, like black marked. That's right. Okay. So then what about Lewis? What about Lewis? You mean is, about, is as he, far as how he treated York? Was he, did he, like, I'm just, obviously he's around it, but like, was he a, 
man I have to write off as well? Do we know anything I, about I him I am not sure. I'm not okay. sure. I know this is the only excerpt I heard about Clark right. um, with this, so I'm not sure. But he did say that the crew treated him this way. And again, with the times, um, it's horrible. It's horrible in general. Yeah. But, um, you know, okay. it was kind so of the way of the times. The, they're doing a marketing campaign as they're trying to do this expedition. Um, That's right. After the purchase. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. All right. So the Lewis and Clark journey actually begins on May 14th, 1804. And we know like a ton of details about this because they actually kept a written journal of like every day and every experience that they went through. So we actually know what happened, even though um, they say like there are no physical markers um, of this actual trail. Yeah. How we mainly know this is the journal that has survived till this day. I think it's uh, in a museum somewhere where you oh. can like see it on request, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Corps of Discovery embarks to Camp Dubois outside of St. Louis, Missouri, um, in a 55-foot keelboat to begin the westward journey up the Missouri River. Um, among the 41-man crew of volunteers, soldiers, and one African-American slave, which is York, um, is Patrick Gass, a carpenter from Pennsylvania. Gass writes in his journal about the expected dangers and including warlike nation of savages and of gigantic stature and impassable mountain ranges. So they already knew this was going to be very dangerous. They had they did not travel light. They brought lots and lots of food and provisions. They knew this was going to be incredibly difficult. Mm. Um, yeah, it ended up taking them years. Wow. Um, on August 20th of 1804, Sergeant Charles Floyd and the youngest man of the expedition dies suspectively of a ruptured appendix near modern-day um, Sioux City in, in Iowa. Incredibly, Floyd is the only death during the entire two-year expedition. So uh-huh. they don't lose a single person besides him. And he yeah. died, apparently he was one of the more um, well-educated people and knowledgeable on this trip. And he was the first person to die like literally a weekend. Yeah. Um, but I'm they just do not believe- thinking about this too. Like, is there that heavy of extremes? Uh, like, you're not going through technically like the rainforest, right? They're definitely completely unknown, wild nature. I'm sure it's dangerous. But yeah. thinking about it now, I mean... It's, it's definitely it- dangerous, especially like... When you're talking survival on foot the whole way, this this entire trip, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this. Um, they believe they traveled on foot eight thousand miles. Right. Um, and well, I've half seen, of this, I've, hey, now I've I've seen Mike Posner walk across America. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like that took him six sure. months, and obviously right. he had a road, and he had all the other things. <laughs> yes, and he had a whole bunch of modern things. That they no, but have. no, but I'm just saying. Uh, I just am curious now thinking about that. I wonder how, I mean, I'm sure it is dangerous. Um, yes. But maybe not as dangerous as. Well, you're, you're talking about no clear path, right? You're following into wild territory. You're talking about, um, they meet, I think they estimated around 50 different tribes of Indians of varying um, aggressiveness. Right, yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about death at every turn there. Um, there if anybody got sick. There's nothing you can do, man. You're out yeah. in the middle of the wilderness. There's not a single soul civilization in sight. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing you can do. You just wait it out and you're done. Um, which is the next part I was actually going to talk about, which is very interesting, but it, it makes sense for the 1800s. So of course, many other men did fall ill during the voyage. 
And the worst part about getting sick in the early 1800s was the treatment was usually worse than the illness. Yeah, like, hey, shoot him up with heroin and, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just treat it with some cocaine and you'll yeah, exactly. be fine Give in the morning. Cocaine, right as rain. You know, <laughs> you, have, you, can't, you can't sleep, hit him with that cocaine. Yeah, you know, but wait, with, but wait for this. So to treat their men, Lewis and Clark primarily relied on a powerful mercury-based laxative. So anytime you fell ill, had a fever, you would literally like ingest mercury. <laughs> so try to flush their system? Is that the vibe? Well, mercury is incredibly so. poisonous to humans. Right. It is straight up poison. Um, in fact, they believe that like if you get mercury on your fingers, I've heard ter- like horror stories of like if you a drop of mercury, like um, raw mercury gets on your hands and stuff like that. It's like a super painful death that you can't do anything about. So you're telling me drops of Jupiter is fake. <laughs> drops of Jupiter. Yes. That I'm song, telling you drops of Jupiter. Tell me she didn't. Beautiful song. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. This so is how you know it's a late me, pod. So what you're telling me is <laughs> essentially. Yeah, oh man. Uh, yeah. Actually, so on that note, should we take a break? We're about we're almost at the twenty eight minute mark. Oh, you're kidding. We're not even like we're like a quarter of the way through. Are we? Are we? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we should. We take can a, definitely take a break. Yeah, let's take a break, and we'll come back let's to do it. it. All right. Welcome back from that break. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I'll speed it up a little bit, and I can skip over some of the bigger points uh, to get to the more entertaining bits. Um, but yeah, so they would literally ingest mercury-based laxatives, like these little pills. Um, they're Sounds actually like a horrible time. Yes, there actually was known as Rush's Thunderbolts. You can imagine why people Ugh. called them. Yeah, <laughs> um, after Benjamin Rush, who manufactured them. Um, but these pills rarely helped. In fact, the mercury often made the men sicker than they were before. Interestingly, though, um, modern historians have been able to track the exact voyage of Lewis and Clark expedition by looking for mercury deposits left behind in the men's stool. Isn't that insane? Wait, they're able to find they were able to find their stool or remnants of their stool. Yes, because mercury is not something that's like super like common just Degradable. randomly in nature. Yeah, okay. And so they were able to track the exact location by how many pills these people took. That's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Um so yeah, so that's that's pretty wild. This is also something else to to note about this as well is there was a practice when they met certain tribes that were more friendly where they would wife swap. So this, these pills were also taken for when the men had like STDs and different stuff like that. So they were constantly popping these things and making themselves incredibly who are they, sick. Who are they getting on with? What do you mean have STDs? With the, native, get- with the native tribes. There, were, they were, um, there was a practice known as wife swapping with the tribes to invite guests. Yes, uh, mostly against the women's will. So, you're talking about STDs rampant <laughs> amongst the all of the men. <laughs> okay, but yeah. hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me sure. out. Maybe I didn't get maybe we shouldn't have this segment. But I was about to ask a question in regards to <laughs> what were you gonna how ask? did an STD even happen? I don't. Never mind. We're gonna. We're just gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna skip over this. this. We're gonna move yes, through this. Are. Um, and yes. keep going. So keep going on Lewis and Clark, please. <laughs> okay (laughs) but yeah so that's only related to those mercury pills so they would even take those mercury pills for those as well wow and they were prepared for that um 
dude. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna. I will marker this. I will marker I'm this dead, episode man. as explicit. People will no, know. No, I love it. I love it. This is funny. This is funny as crap, man. Uh, but yeah, so just moving right along yeah, and exactly act like that, that conversation happened. didn't happen. Um, <laughs> on September 25th of 1804, um, is when they had a very intense encounter with the Sioux tribe. Um, all of Lewis and Clark's encounters with Native American tribes, um, the meeting with the Sioux or Lakota near modern day Pierre, South Dakota is among the most tense. Um, communication breakdowns are common amongst the expedition, given that Lewis and Clark often rely on three-way translation. So Native American to French to English and back, um, or sign language to converse with chiefs who have their own political agendas. Um, on this day, the Sioux mistake the explorers for merchants and don't like the idea that Americans are selling weapons to rival tribes. That was also something they they um, brought as gifts. Right. So like weapons and supplies and tobacco and all that to trade with um, to try to start up alliance um, up the Missouri River. Um, a young Sioux chief trying to insert himself into the confrontation, he, he fakes drunkenness, stumbles into Clark, who rashly draws his sword. In an instant, Clark's soldiers raise their rifles and the Braves draw their bows and arrows. Um, after exchanging angry threats and boasts through nervous interpreters, at one point, Clark claims that he has more medicine on board in his boat that would kill 20, kill 20 such nations in one day. Um, the elder chief, Black Buffalo, breaks the tension and calls for peace. After three restless days at the Sioux Village, the upriver journey is allowed to proceed. So they were stopping them along the river right. at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and they also have heard rumors um, that the farther west they go, the more aggressive these tribes get. Right. So that was also, also like a huge, huge danger for them. But here, insert the, the person you were speaking about at the very top of the podcast, Sacagawea, Sacagawea is coming in. So on November 11th of 1804, um, with winter fast approaching, the Corps construct Fort Mandan um, in North Dakota. And so they're also among the Mandan and, was it Hatissa Indians? Hatissa Indians? I hope I'm saying that right. Um, on November 11th, Clark makes a hasty scribble in his journal on the arrival of two squars. I think it's squars? Squars. Of the Rocky Mountain, purchased from the Indians by a Frenchman. So there was a Frenchman who lived there already in that area who had... Um, two women, Native American women, underneath, whether they were slaves or he bought them or something yeah, else like that. Okay. Got it. Um, and one of them came to be Sacagawea. Okay. Um, at first, Sacagawea is an afterthought. She is a 17-year-old pregnant wife of the French-Canadian trader, hired by Lewis and Clark um, as an interpreter. But she soon proves to be an invaluable member of the expedition as she helps them in lots of ways, both in letting Native American tribes know that they come in peace, as well as helping the men with their diet, finding edible plants to improve their health. So they didn't know what they were going to encounter on this trip. They didn't know where there was a lot of live game, different stuff like that. And there were definitely stretches in that area where that was not possible. And so quite literally, Sacagawea saved their life like tenfold, like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, in fact, I had heard a story about... Um, them actually saving the journal that even tells us how the actual journey went along to this day. I guess Sacagawea and Lewis and Clark were all in a canoe together. 
when some sort of rapid tipped their entire canoe over with all their supplies and everything in it. Hmm. And Sacagawea, as she has her baby in her left hand, while she's standing like within the boat, once they get it, ride it back up, um, she is the one reaching over the rapids to grab all the stuff. So she is the only reason why we even have the journal in the first place. Oh, wow. So like a superhero stuff. Wow. Um, as well as obviously leading, um, yeah, making sure they come in peace. Leading the blind and white finding, men. yeah. Yeah, and making sure that they don't eat poisonous plants yeah. and know what to avoid and what to eat. Yeah. So that was a huge thing. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty wild. Um, also, a really cool fact that I had no idea about, which was um, Spain actually sent forces to kill the mission. So the U.S. at this time, right before it was bought, right in the middle of the Louisiana Purchase area was French. And Spain still owned like the bottom half of California area all the way down like in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Spain had that entire area. So once they heard, you know, the French had sold us to the to Americans, right, the U.S., um, they decided to send their own forces to kind of stop it, um, which I had no idea. Just to stop but, the expiration and to stop that kind of maybe. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The power grab. Yeah. Um, violent conflict with Native Americans wasn't the only threat to the core of discovery faced. Um, the government of Spain felt that the expedition was an encroachment upon their territory and feared that it could be a per like, you know, uh, leading up to further American expansion to the West, which it was spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, although the U S government had purchased the massive amount of land from France, Spain still owed all, he still owned all the land West of the Louisiana territory as far North as modern day Oregon. So when the word about the expedition spread, the Spanish governor of the New Mexico sent a force of 52 soldiers to intercept the men. Um, and what I mean intercept, I obviously mean that they were going to be taken out. Yeah, take care <laughs> that's of my, That's my understanding. Yeah. Taken care of, that's right. Um, when the force reached the territory of the Pawnee, they learned that the Corps of Discovery had already passed through that area but were long gone at that time. Um, a second force of 100 men also failed to hunt down the Corps as they were forced to return to New Mexico after a Pawnee attack. So, and that's not all. They sent a third crew, um, Spain refusing to give up. They sent a third force of 300 men. But this group quickly fizzled as the soldiers turned against their commander. <laughs> um, so they did this multiple, multiple times. Um, the final time, they sent 600 men um, to capture Lewis and Clark and to persuade the Native American tribes in the region to side with Spain. Once again, this force failed. Without realizing it, Lewis and Clark had evaded the largest military force Spain had ever sent into the Great Plains. Yeah, six hundred people. Wow, six hundred people to try to That's a lot <laughs> to try to take out. I feel like you got to be that be slow. Like if if you're running trying trying to chase people or intercept people, it just feels like that's a slow move. But yeah, especially in unknown land, because obviously they would have been like unexplored in that region as well. Yeah, but yeah. So I, that was something I had no clue about, which I thought was very, very interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. Um, that they just were, you know, they had no clue that they were almost like sent an assassin crew to come kill them um, and stop the entire crew from even happening. Yeah, that's that's crazy, actually. Yeah. So to continue on, on June 2nd of 1805, um, Lewis and Clark largely relied on navigation tips from Indians and white traders to chart the fastest and safest route westward towards the Pacific. But they were fully unprepared for a major fork in the Missouri River 
and north central Montana. Only one fork is the true Missouri, and they will know it by a series of majestic waterfalls upstream mentioned by um, some of the native tribes in the area. Um, Lewis and Clark actually called a vote on which way to go. 31 people vote for the right fork and only two people for the left. Um, These two people were Lewis and Clark. (laughs) Um, Not willing to defy their men, Lewis and Clark send exploratory parties up each fork and have them report back. Um, The men ultimately gave in and followed Lewis and Clark anyways. So they went and ended up being the right way. Nice. Um, Next, the expedition finds the Shoshone. So a major part that I didn't mention um, that was a cool excerpt was the reason why Sacagawea even agreed to go on this trip with them. Um, She wasn't ordered to. The reason why she wanted to is because she wanted to meet with her tribe, her original tribe, which was the Shoshone people. And here, the expedition actually finds them. And lucky enough, not only did they find a tribe of Shoshone people, um, the tribal leader is actually her brother. Yeah, her brother um, is actually the leader. So she finds the original Indian group that she was a part of. Wow, that's awesome. Finds her home. That's really cool. Yeah, so after Lewis and Clark finally made contact with the Shoshone, Sacagawea is joyfully reunited with her brother. Um, Next comes the hardest part of the entire journey. So here is where the the crew gets lost in the snow. A winter first happens. Um, They get lost in the snow in the mountains, in the upper areas, trying to get, obviously, to the Pacific. Um, Even with the horses that the Shoshone guide named Old Toby in the crossing of Bitterroot Mountains in Idaho, it proves to be the most grueling and life-threatening section of the entire journey. Um, it was only mid-September, but the snow on the western flank of the Bitterroots is already uh, already deep, and Old Toby gets lost. Um, horses slip and tumble down the mountain. The men who have grown accustomed to eating five or seven pounds of meat daily in game-rich plains begin to starve. Um, they begin so desperate that they start eating the colts. And the horses and their crew. Yeah. Um, also, another weird little fact that I learned, um, they actually traded for dog meat with Native American tribes. And there's actually some reports that they actually ended up liking the meat and trading for more along the way. They grew like a taste for it. Another reason not to like them. Just another reason not to like these people. Another one on the um, list. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah. So, 11 days later after that, they stumble out of the forest snow blind and weak with hunger, and they are taken in by a village of Nez Perce Indians. Um, and they're just Buckley's, saved by the people they come to oppress. It's, fuck, it's insane. Sorry. Dude, yeah. Um, just knowing what comes after when the expansion finally happens yeah. and, the, you know, people rush in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they're all gone. They're, but, yeah, quite literally, that entire expedition could have stopped right now. This tribe who found them starving, skinny, and weak uh-huh. in the mountains could have immediately killed them, and it would have been over. Yeah. But they didn't. They took them in and showed kindness to them, Yeah. Um, which is indicative, right, you would assume. But uh, Nez Pierce debated killing the half-dead intruders who were accompanied by a Shoshone woman, their bitter enemy. But the Nez Pierce woman named um, – what could what, – God, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> um, Wakutis, I think, um, who lives among the white men at who who lives among the white men as a captive, 
convinces them to spare the strangers and befriend them. So apparently she, one of the tribe members, was taken hostage by a group of white men before and ended up treating her well. And so that's what kind of led her to convince the tribe to say, hey, let's not kill these guys. Right. And that's the only reason why they lived. Wow. Um, so finally, on the 24th of November in 1805, they reached the Pacific Ocean. Um, and after they wait, oh, yes. And then they set up camp to wait out the winter. So they actually set up a camp there on the coast. Um, Do we know where? For like two years. Yes. For two years. Okay. Before they head the back, like to go back, yeah, and do the return journey, yeah, I w- they um, were they were there for two years, yes. Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess you do that whole thing. You're like, all right, I'm gonna chill out for another year or two, <laughs> right, right. I feel like they talk. Um, I feel like these journeys sometimes, like when we talk about history stuff, they'll be years and like a, a periodic time. Obviously, like you just said, they'll go to a place and they'll stop for two years, right? It's not like, a, oh, I'm gonna go there <laughs> and all right, let's let's start heading yeah. back. It's, it's there wild. was a lot of. There was a lot of reports that like people thought they were dead because when you're gone so long and you're out of contact completely for years, you just like, uh, well, they probably died. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you like assume. that's that was a common thing. I believe. Um, I I heard one story about that where yeah, the whole crew thought, oh, well, they're probably dead because they didn't hear from them for years. Yeah, there's truly no way to know. No, there's no way, and there's no way to get you know that across yeah this is in brand new territory so they get lost you have no idea what happened to them um wow so that so, wh- so they made the journey they made it through they lived they set up camp and then they made their way back yes and then they made their way back which it was a lot faster they said because obviously they knew the area they had it already charted out right. they followed downstream um all the way back to missouri um but and actually in july of 25th of 1806 Clark etched his name in the date into a sandstone outcropping near modern day Billings, Montana, um, that he names Pompey's Tower after Sacagawea's son. Oh, I didn't even tell you about that. Um, Sacagawea has a son, right, who is literally the first person to travel um, that long. He was on the trip the entire way. Yeah, the she baby. literally had the baby like right before they left um, when they first met. Yeah. So this baby was along the along for the entire journey as well as apparently the crew absolutely loved him and took care of him and like i think she even had a great relationship with lewis in the group so much so that like lewis would watch him whenever they would split up and she would go to negotiate with tribes yeah she would leave him with lewis and even later later on um i think lewis takes custody and even pays for her so, for her son's so Lewis education. is the good one, right? We're talking about because if we're if I'm not mistaken, Clark was the du- William Clark was the dude with the oh god, I would have to go slave. back. I think yeah, so. it is yeah. And then so Lewis, okay, so we're getting some gleaming light yes, on we are. Lewis that maybe he had some redeemable qualities. That's nice. That's right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, but anyways, um. But everybody loved the kid, and he ended up getting the nickname Pomp. So, and also something that they did along the way was with these new rivers in different areas, they would actually name it after old lovers. So like people home, you know, to keep from getting super lonely, they would actually name. They have STDs, so I don't think they're that lonely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, but like they're lovers back home, you know, like they would name certain areas, but you're right. right. (laughs) Oh God, what are they coming home with? Jesus. Yeah, Um, you know, I don't know about that one. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind so, of a funny trademark, I but, guess. 
but they etched his name and date into the sandstone and it remains the only physical evidence of Lewis and Clark's expedition that survives today. You can still see it. That's cool. Etched in the sandstone, um, which is amazing. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So on the return trip from the Pacific, Lewis and Clark actually decide the men should break into smaller groups in order to survey more of the unexplored Western territories. Um, Lewis took up a crew north, landing them in the territory of the Blackfeet, a native tribe known for their military dominance in the region. Um, Lewis encountered eight Blackfoot men who, after initial suspicion subsided, decided to camp with them for the night. But things went awry when Lewis informed the Blackfeet that some of their rival tribes, the Shoshone and Nez Perce, had already agreed to ally with the United States and would be receiving supplies and weaponry in return. Mm. Um, The Blackfeet felt threatened by this news, obviously, and that power balance in the area was rapidly shifting. So that night, the Blackfeet reportedly attempted to steal the Corps' guns. Um, In the fight that ensued, Lewis reports that one of the men stabbed a Blackfeet uh, Blackfeet warrior while while he personally shot another who was attempting to run off with the cruiser's horses. Um, after the fight, two men were dead at the hands of the Corps of Discovery, um, and according to this record, these are the only deaths of Native Americans the entire trip, mm. or these two. Um, and according to Indian Country there's Today... There's no way to know, though, is there? I guess not officially. Right, because no. they, I mean, wa- like, they would... They would wipe that clean like because they're maybe the only controllers of it right they have the yeah it seemed like he took super detailed notes right of yeah pretty much every interaction but yeah. you're right like it's very possible and there's no way to um, really know because it's not like we're going to get an alternate history version from you know right. like if this is the only surviving record of that whole journey yeah interesting and obviously along this way when they went they reached the pacific they realized that there is no clear route from the east to the west yeah. Um, so that dream was dashed and pretty much a failure from the beginning. Um, but yeah, so after that, though, Lewis and Clark finally arrived back in St. Louis as heroes. Um, and in September 23rd of 1806, a month after Lewis and Clark reunite um, in Missouri and Yellowstone, and weeks after saying goodbye to Sacagawea at Fort Mandan, the Corpse of Discovery arrived back to St. Louis where their exhausted explorers are greeted as heroes. Um, and then I have a little wrap up that kind of shows where we we know they left off. Okay, but that is the full story of the travels of Lewis. And that Clark. was really interesting. It was a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll let you hit the wrap up then. Yeah, but uh, so unlike York, Captain Meriwether Lewis was rewarded handsomely for his role in the Corps of Discovery um, and the expedition. Not only was he celebrated as an American hero, he was granted sixteen hundred acres of land. But President Thomas Jefferson personally appointed Lewis to be the governor of the Upper Louisiana Territory. Um, But the honor did not bring Captain Lewis happiness. He had been plagued by depression for much of his life. Um, His depression left him incapable of completing a journal of his expedition, which disappointed President Jefferson. Um, To add insult to injury, Lewis' dealings with the War Department left him in steep debt, so he took the trip to Washington, D.C. to sort out his financial situation— and in 1809, in a remote inn on the route to Washington, Meriwether Lewis committed suicide, and he was only 35 years Holy old. Holy motherfucker. Jacob. Uh-huh. Why are you leaving, you leaving, that, leaving that as that's the wrap-up? No, that's mother. not the wrap-up. That's not the wrap There's more. There's more. We also get to learn a little bit we, what we know of wow, Sacagawea. Wow, what happened to Clark? Off. 
I want that. Yeah, I want that guy. <laughs> um, Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. So there was a lot of speculation around his death. Um, they believe that he fell into alcoholism, um, too, or that he possibly could have been murdered by some bandits or a mugging gone awry, um, which is very possible in the area that he was in. But most people believe that yeah, he shot himself. He shot him with a pistol. Yep, an old school pistol. Which like that feels very inefficient. <laughs> Right. Am I wrong for saying? I think there's. I think that sounds inefficient, dude. It's it's wild. It's wild. I don't know, but there's a bunch of speculation. But most people agree that most likely what happened was a fault of his own. Wow. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so as with Mary Weather Lewis, um, there's some mystery surrounding the death of Sacagawea. So three years after the expedition had finished, Sacagawea's family accepted an invitation from William Clark to live in St. Louis. Um, Clark gave her and her husband some land to farm and offered their son, John Baptiste, a Western education. So, good guy. He was a good guy. After this point, written records of Sacagawea's life become sparse. It is reported that she gave birth to a daughter, uh, Lizette, in the late 1812s and became fatally ill soon after, um, they believe, of a fever. Um, Historians have generally accepted this as Sacagawea's official death date. She was only 25 years old. William Clark then adopted both kids the following year. Um, so, again, good guy Clark. So we, we know who's the better one no, out of the no, group at no, this no, point. No, 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 Clark was the one with the slave. Oh, yeah. William Clark was the one with the slave. So, I mean, hey, whatever. Okay. So he adopted <laughs> the kids. Yeah. So, however, fans of Sacagawea may have reason to hope. Sacagawea was not um, – that person's only wife. So his journal entry is unhelpfully vague. Furthermore, Native American oral tradition says that Sacagawea left her husband and moved out west, eventually returning with the Shoshone tribe in Wyoming, where she remained until her death in 1884. If this is true, then Sacagawea would have been in her 90s when she died, a happy ending for the most beloved member of the Corps of Discovery. Wow. Yeah, let's hope that happened. Yes. So that's that's how I ended on a on a little trail of hope. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. I'm with it. I'm with it. Well, good podcast. <laughs> but I had to man. tell the real story. Got to tell the good shit. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Um a lot of good stuff in here. A lot of good stuff I didn't know. Um Yeah. Thank you guys I, for listening. You can check us out yes. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Casual X History. Uh we post every week and um yeah, we'll be back. Right. Anything else, Jake? No. Let us know if you guys want us to do a drunk uh, casual history episode. That would be funny as crap. (laughs) I am down. Um, But just, guys, let me know if you want to listen to that or not. And we'll we'll see. We'll see see how it goes. That's right. All right, everybody. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.